welcome to today's episode of TSARP. I'm your host, Andrew Weir, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, Matisse Verdun, thanks for asking me to be on the show. Yeah, um, so you, uh, we also have Sam and Steven here helping us out with this interview. Hello. Hello. Yeah, so thank you all for being on the show today. Matisse, you said you mostly use JavaScript right now, right? Yes, I started actually in PHP, but eventually I moved into Node and JavaScript. Yeah, I, we did a little, like, uh, here list video back, I don't know, a few months ago, kind of talking about different programming languages, and PHP was on there, and I forget where we put it, um, but I don't think we rated it very highly. <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience in PHP, JavaScript I've been using a lot lately with the websites I've been building. Um, yeah. So what's your, what's your current projects you're working on and stuff like that? Uh, currently, I'm working on a low-code app builder called Package.js, and it's built using Node.js and JavaScript. So it, it makes it a little bit easier to build web applications. Wow, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, it is really cool. I've done a lot of JavaScript recently, I can say that. Um, I've been working on a few different websites, but I haven't done a lot in Node.js because the hosting platform I'm using actually does not allow Node.js, uh, but I think it's actually good when you're starting out. So you kind of learn, you know, like how to get around without it, you know? Yeah, if the platform I used didn't restrict what files were there, um, then I definitely would be using it. Uh, but yeah, I think what I'm doing now is pretty good. Well, you can do a lot of things on your own computer as well. Um, so Node.js, you could install on your own computer and use it. But yeah, learning within the confines of, of some of the web products is, is sometimes a lot um, easier uh, and, and, and a lot um, just there's more you feel like you have a little bit more control to start. So it's definitely good to work with those programs that way. Yeah, and we have a lot of help, not just at school, with our coding program. Um, but I I don't know how it was when you went to school, but like, how did you kind of find out you wanted to code, and how did you yeah. learn your skills and stuff? Well, uh, actually, I didn't start coding until college. So in high school, I focused mostly on baseball and getting really good grades, um, which is important. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to college for baseball, but I got hurt in my first semester. Oh, wow. So, oh. yeah, it was, it was pretty devastating because it was like the only thing I love to do. Um, and specifically I had the, like one of the fastest bat speeds because it was an objective problem that I could just fixate on and solve. Um, mm -hmm. so when I got hurt, I naturally thought that I should you know, explore statistics uh, because I'd done uh, well in math in school. Um, but problem solving uh, and creating systems really transfers well into coding. So I got more interested in that. And so at the time, too, there was this wave of teach yourself how to code, which uh, I don't know if there was one prior to that year. So it was a really big thing. A lot of sites popped up like site point and at the time too with stanford and harvard um and mit so i, I took those cl classes and that's kind of how i um and i also enrolled in classes at college 
Um, but then I, I kind of went from there into uh, focusing on processing something called the MLB pitch effects data to do statistics and then shifted into making iPhone apps and then games and uh, basically just keeping myself motivated by pursuing, constantly pursuing curiosities. Cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. So before you really started to code um, in college, did you ever think about going into a field like that? And like, how was coding perceived back then? Was it like, oh, you have to be really smart or like you need a lot of computer and tech skills like how was it really back then you know well i actually i guess that's kind of what i was trying to get at is i hadn't ever thought of coding before and it, it seems so obvious to me when i started coding that uh, these are all my skills <laughs> you know so it was kind of a natural like oh i was good at problem solving before and this is for problem solving so it was I guess the way I got into coding was, and this is the way I would recommend if you're getting into coding, is if you if you find a problem you want to solve, you pick a problem you want to solve, and then don't even code it yet. Just do something manual, which is exactly what I was doing. I had all of this pitch effects data, um, which they have like millions of files, and um, I was just looking at the data, and I was like processing it by hand and figuring out how to put it into Microsoft Excel and um, eventually, after doing things with paper and pencil, after a while, you, you kind of want to automate it um, <laughs> because it, you realize it's going to take a lot less time. And that's yeah. how I, I decided finally, like, okay, I need to code. Like, this is going to save me months. So, um, yeah, that, that I think is the best way um, to get into coding. So was that, your, was that your, like, first project, like your first step into the coding world? Yep, that was it. And then uh, I turned it into a website. So that's oh, that's how I got into the PHP stuff. Mm. That's really uh, cool. Yeah, that is. And I you... wanna... oh. no, you can go uh, ahead. I I want to know what made you decide to start with like PHP and not like something simple like Python. Well, uh, the script that was written for getting the data from uh, MLB Pitch Effects was written by somebody that I think worked for them, um, and it was oh. in Perl, which I I didn't learn Perl after I used that script. Um, but so once I got the data on the computer, I wanted to figure out how to use it, and I think at about the same time, I was looking at something called WordPress, which I think people still use a lot today. Yeah, it's um, very popular. Yeah, so it makes it really easy to get started, um, which is very similar to low code. You can use the software and within the confines of the software, you can do a lot. Um, but then when you want to start customizing things like making plugins, you have to learn PHP. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a natural good way of getting into to programming is to start from something like that. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and something you did, which I used to do and then now i'm kind of just focused on python uh and web development but like you after that you said you went into like games and uh, iphone apps mm -hmm. and all that stuff how was how was like that you know how did you get into that after php and stuff i think just purely out of curiosity um i started making iphone apps and then um i made a game called backyard bandits which was uh 
like you had dogs and like there were these squirrels and they'd run from the tree to your doghouse and you'd have to like chase them around and catch the squirrels before they stole the dog bones from your doghouse. <laughs> yeah. That we was um so many years ago. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because what we do a lot in school, um, especially in the earlier grades, is scratch. Um, and it's a very like simple block-based way to make games because I think one of the best ways of learning programming is games because it mm -hmm. gets you very engaged in what you're doing. And you can clearly see what the next step is, what you need to do. And it's fun. And when you're done, you have something you can share with other people that isn't so like focused Dry. on something yeah and it's yeah. not like it's not like oh do you advertise this is only for advertisers <laughs> anyone you know like <laughs> anyone can enjoy a game you know true yeah. it's very true yeah it's a it's a common denominator yeah what you were saying about what you're currently doing uh with package js uh that was pretty interesting uh you want to tell us a little more about what you do with that uh, so package.js is a low code builder. Uh, you guys are you guys familiar with low code and, and no code the difference or um, a little not bit not, not really yeah, okay. not much. Well, low code it just makes it easier to build. Um, so it's kind of abstracted away uh, some of the um, complexities of, of doing tasks uh, that you find yourself doing over and over again when you're making things, um, mm -hmm. specifically web apps. Uh, there are some really there are commonalities and uh when you when you start to build software you're you know you start to wonder like okay i have to do this again you know so uh, eventually you you kind of uh, a lot of people will build something called boilerplate um and that's just a way of getting their projects started quickly but after uh, doing that too for a while you, you abstract away some of those things and then uh, you have a framework and that framework just gets things uh, up and running and it seems like you don't even have to do any work anymore. Um, but it doesn't limit you because you can still code within the confines uh, of, the, uh, of the software. Whereas no code is great to get started, but a lot of them, especially uh, web-based uh, services um, that you would use for no code, uh, you can't code. So if you run into a wall, you can't uh, do... Um, you can't implement the functionality unless you have the creator of that software implement the functionality. So that's uh, kind of the difference between the two. Yeah, I think by saying that, that sparked another thing I've been thinking about recently, uh, back on the topic of Scratch. Like, it's like with Python, you can import libraries and have so much mm -hmm. stuff you can just add to the language. Um, even exactly. JavaScript, all with MPM. Uh, and all that stuff. But with Scratch, kind of like you were saying, if the creator of Scratch doesn't add something, you're just confined exactly to what they've given you, um, mm. which we were actually thinking about doing an episode that might come out next week or something um, about like five things they should add to Scratch. And one of them was going to be like a way to import libraries or make your own libraries. Because when you can expand on what the creator has given you, it opens up a whole new world. That's a brilliant insight. I, I think that's a, that would be a fantastic suggestion. Yeah, and um, yeah, and something a program we use at school called Kidoyo. Um, what one thing I love about it is 
it's very easy to talk to the creator of it. Um, he's always active on its um, discussion platforms and stuff. So like whenever there's a bug or a question you have, he's right there to answer it, uh, which would be really cool with really anything. Like one day when I, if I make uh -huh. a big platform or something, I would love to just have people ask questions and fix them or because the best insight is having the like the creator right there the person who made it and ask him questions and give him feedback yeah, yeah being reachable is, is that's that's really awesome yeah so yeah so it sounds like you didn't originally think that your career was going to go towards coding but sounds like it turned out pretty well um i i think so so far yeah <laughs> doing a lot of client work um for the past decade and then um, for the past three, really kind of focusing on solving uh, this problem um, yeah. of, of low code. Do you think uh, one day you'll expand to another type of development? Or do you think web development and JavaScript and all that is your favorite? Or do you think there's something else you like better? Oh, I, I absolutely ag agree. I, I think I'm, I've I've been waiting to just move back into uh, machine learning, which was part yeah. of that MLB pitch effects data. I, I started to predict at bats. Um, so that, that was that was kind of the goal. I wanted to know like what pitch is coming next. Um, yeah. So I, I really need to move back into that. I did some blockchain stuff, but I kind of wasn't uh, super interested in that. Um, but yeah, I kind of I know that it's it's good to 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 go back into that. Um, so I, I think maybe that's those are the, the next areas of focus. Yeah, um, machine learning but, and AI is a big topic right now. Mm -hmm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've been thinking about looking into it, um, but just haven't gotten the time because I've been working on a bunch of other projects. But um, yeah, machine learning is just really interesting to me, not because of what it can do, like AI and uh, GPT-3 and all that stuff coming out but like I don't know I just like to have sets and sets of data run it through a program and have it just <laughs> analyze it all for you right there um, yeah so similar to low code um, basically what I was explaining about abstracting things away that's exactly how machine learning works so it's just saying what is the point here of this data like what is it supposed to be doing um, it's, it's extricating, uh, which, uh, is basically what a really good software developer does anyway, when they're writing code, uh, it just means untangling or asking yourself, like, what is the purpose? Um, like, what is this thing trying to accomplish or what is it trying to solve? And then cutting directly to that. So chat GPT has gotten really good at like, what is the point of conversation? And, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's going to take over our job. Not gonna be able to get employed anymore. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I could. It has the ability to. It well, just... it 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 lacks a self awareness, so it yeah. doesn't have a self to test on. Um, and so, like with programming or with with anything, analogies require empathy, um, and an empathy requires that you have a self. So even though it can summarize a lot of things, um, I know you guys have done research for school and your teachers have probably told you to be uh, careful of your, of your sources. So when you train a model like that, it's got a lot of data and it might be able to tell you after reading 50 articles about um, 
I don't know, coffee, that coffee is really good for you. Um, but it can't actually drink coffee and then say like, oh, when I drink coffee, I get a stomachache. Um, only humans can do that. So for a while, we're, we're still going to have our, uh, we're still going to have our advantage. So yeah, I was using ChatGPT yesterday, uh, and it was giving me wrong answers, and I knew they were wrong answers. Mm. But what was really cool and interesting was when I would say that's wrong, it would suddenly, I guess, go back to whatever database it was using, or because the database it's using has information from all different sources. So it's not mm. one thing telling it, okay, this is the right answer. It could be 500 different sources giving it different right answers. So when you say like, hey, that's not correct, it will go back, check it, and then be like, oh yeah, you're right. This is the right answer, um, which I think is really cool. And I don't know if that's then reporting it to the database and being like, hey, this might not be correct, um, or it's just saving it to my conversation. Uh, but it's just one way that machine learning is building on itself and ever like without need of programmers, it's learning and it's sending it back and saving it for later. Um, but yeah, I I really am interested in the machine learning topic. And at some point, I'll definitely look more into it uh, with just collecting data. And what's funny is ChatGPT and all different AIs can program more machine learning programs um so it can make itself and <laughs> it can teach you how to make itself and it's kind of funny yeah that's that's a bit of recursion yes um yeah so uh thanks for being on today's episode it was fun talking to you talking about where you learned your skills um and kind of your story yeah, so thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, and thanks for everyone listening. Uh, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.